Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. We're spending more and more time on our back patio, which is kind of what we live for. We get this beautiful, entertaining backyard that if it's below 60, 70 degrees, it's just not nice. It's a north face double double story house it's, you need it to be warm well finally the last couple of weeks have been so pleasant the waterfalls cleaned up starting to get that sound of running water you got butterflies the swallowtails are definitely coming in right now there's uh this is that's our state butterfly actually everyone thinks it's a monarch no they just migrate through but the the uh swallowtails those are our butterflies and they're even bigger than monarchs with this uh, long tail to them. They just are beautiful. They're like fairies out in the gardens. And so I thought I would go share a, a, some of my favorite tips for attracting, keeping, uh, pulling in more butterflies into your yard. And this goes for pretty much all varieties. Uh, I mean, swallowtails get the, get the, they get all the fame because they're so big and beautiful and they float over and they're always out there early and they, they're out there until the, late in the season. Monarchs are, get the most uh, uh, accolades, I guess, or the most concern because they ebb and flow and, and they, they migrate so, so far. But really, we have more painted ladies. It's a, it's a, it sort of looks like a monarch, only half the size and more of them. Beautiful orange, black and orange and yellow. Uh, to it that's called a painted lady. It's just beautiful. Then there's the moths that come out, these white, beautiful, just white butterflies, really, with their moths out in the day. They're just beautiful. They're magical. Now, this same advice, so a few plants that will bring out more animation, more electricity from butterflies and hummingbirds. The same kind of flowers go for both. And so, of course, the number one, and it's, it's just starting to butt up real heavily right now, but the number one butterfly attracting plant is butterfly bush. It's not the only one. It's just the most famous one. So butterfly bush gets up easily head height, even taller from the big varieties. This is a big shrub. You could use it as a screen even. So you could block out your neighbors if you wanted with, this, with the big varieties like the dark knight. It's a big purple uh, type of a big long pentacles to it. And so not a lot of fragrance, but the butterflies sure think it tastes good. And so it's just going to bring them in. It's like magic. There's several other varieties, some that are smaller. So there's, there's buzz, the whole buzz here, buzz budlia, buzz butterfly bush. Uh, they only get knee high. And there's a whole other series that gets about hip eye. So you pick the variety. They all have the same kind of flower, and they're all very attractive to butterflies and, and, and to you. That's number one. You can grow the, the dwarf varieties in a container, a raised bed. The bigger varieties, they kind of are so big. The root structure is so large that you really need them in the ground. They should be out there on their own growing up. You can collect the colors. So butterfly bush, you're sort of like roses. You're, you're collecting the, the flower colors, and there's pink and white and purples and blues, some yellows, 
What else? I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure there's some others I'm just forgetting about. I'm going from top of mind. And all of them are available at the garden center. All of them are, they need to go in now. This is the time to plant them. The number one seller, that's the number one thought of. So butterfly bush for butterflies. Okay, got it. But the number one seller by far at the garden center is Salvia Gregia or Autumn Sage. This is a cute little shrub. Gets up about knee high, kind of ball shaped. It's just cute. It's it's doesn't get overgrown, um, and, and it's just so bright. It blooms early. It blooms often. It blooms a long time. And so butterfly or not butterfly bush, uh, uh, sal, autumn sage or salvia gregii. That's the Latin name. It, it comes in several colors again. So red's the most famous. So, so everyone goes, I need red, or I won't get hummingbirds. No, they don't care. They like all colors. They'll go after the purple one, just like they will the white one, just like they will the pink one, just like they will the red one. They love them all because they've got hundreds. Literally, this shrub will have hundreds of tubular shaped flowers that just, just pulls them in. It tastes good to the, the hummingbirds and the butterflies. Um, and, and it just is pretty. So it blooms a long time. It goes in containers in the ground, wherever you want it, in full sun, in more shade. It's just a consistent Bloomer, it does really well here. I would say that's the number one seller. And this is, and another benefit for both of these, the animals don't seem to like them. So deer, javelina, rabbits, they leave them alone, but it pulls in the butterflies and the hummingbirds. I mean, come on, I need more plants like that. And so we're covered, those are the ones we're going for. The number one, um, the most native-y one, uh, the one that just grows wild out to you're walking in the constellation, you're walking out, uh, you know, the different trails. You're going to see this uh, wildflower about knee high, stands up on long, long uh, vines, not a vine, but like a long stem with literally dozens of flowers coming off the stem. It can be red, pink, white, there's several of them, but penstemon, penstemon is a, a just, it, it just, hummingbirds love it. So again, it's got a big tubular shaped flower. So the flowers on those on Pensamon is larger than the salvia. So it's much, and, and they're brighter. Now you're getting into opinions. I'm a man. God only gave me seven crayons. Some of you gals got 64, 124 back. I've only got seven. So I just kind of like, yeah, it's the, the pink ones, the, the red ones that seem to be the real winners for hummingbirds, but you know, I've seen them on the white ones just as much. So they just like the taste of penstemon and the size of the flower and how easy it is to access. In fact, this is one that the male hummingbirds, they're the ones that are real productive. They're, you know, they kind of, they hover over and go, nope, this one's, this is my flower. Like it, the ladies are allowed, but all you guys get out of here. I mean, I'm going to get, they bicker back and forth, go mine, mine, mine. If they were bigger, they'd be like seagulls or something. Mine, mine. So, but they're fun to watch is their going after their territory, their plant. But Pinstamon's a true native. I mean, it just, you get it started. It'll, you can count on it every year to come up consistently bigger and better every year. It's just a great little plant. Another one uh, that's in that same perennial flower is called Scabiosa or pincushion flower. Now for butterflies, pincushion. This is a purple flower about the size of a quarter gets up. Now the foliage is only ankle high. If that's very low, but the flowers hover at least a foot above the foliage. So it's really stunning. The big flowers look like they're pincushions. They just float like 
There's be, there'll be a dozen flowers that look like pincushions hovering almost like a spaceship above the, the foliage. It's really pretty. Generally, they come in blue or white, whitish colors. There's not as many color choices, but it takes the sun. It takes the wind. You folks that are up on the ridge lines, down in those valleys where that wind, you poor folks in Dewey, it just kind of funnels through that valley and comes right through there. Well, scabiosa or pincushion flower, it loves that. It's fine. And hummingbirds, I mean, uh, butterflies cannot resist it. You'll see them flying across the, the yard and they'll see this pincushion flower. Go, whoa, what's, whoa, I think I'll just rest right there. And they'll literally just land, sit there and, and just dine on the, the nectar from this flower. They just love it. You guaranteed flowers, guaranteed in the sun, guaranteed butterfly. It's guaranteed for here. Uh, I've had pretty good luck with Havelina deer leaving it alone. Sometimes when they're desperate, they come in and eat the flowers. They leave the foliage alone, but they can eat the flowers. Kind of frustrating, but that's rare. Mostly they leave it alone. Probably the number one that, that is animal resistive, that's just bulletproof. I mean, you can't kill these. Animals are going to leave them alone, yet they're fluorescent, bright colors. Zinnias. It's an annual flower, but it, it can come back by seed. But, but an annual technically will not come back from its same root. So it can reseed and come back that way. But it's a true annual. So it would be more cost effective. So annuals cost less at a garden center. But zinnias, they come in bright pink, bright red, bright orange, bright, bright, bright colors. Animals don't like them. And hummingbirds think they've died and gone to heaven. You can attract more wildlife that is pretty fun, active, butterflies, hummingbirds, and with just a few key flowers. Come in and ask us. We can help you with that. We've got Lisa Waters coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe watching butterflies and hummingbirds is better than watching TV at Waters Garden Center. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. value and sharing that back and forth welcome to the show lisa thank you 
any interesting questions like, oh my gosh, this is, we've been waiting for this one <laughs> for a month. Ooh. Now, I don't see anything outside the norm oh. lately or It's May. <clears throat> everything's gardening, everything's animals, how to water. Well, There's bugs, bugs, bugs. Yeah. Sorry. Our first question is how to water. Of course. <laughs> So Don is in Prescott. He has a peach tree that he's had in the ground over a year. Okay. So he was in talking. Um, he's been watering three times a week. Okay. He said, no, only water one time a week. Right. Because, so his question is, is that right? Yeah. He's, listen, <laughs> was he here or was he at the competitors? So if he's here. He here. So we have a, a water guide. So so. Anyone that's got a business card has a water has a water guide on the back of their card. In the back of that card, it says, for plants that are, are established, they've been rooting for over two years, had two seasons to actually flush their roots into the surrounding soil, that a, a deep soak once a week is optimal. Uh, even when it's 90, we haven't even seen, it hasn't even been hot no, yet, but even in the summer when it's hot, once a week, a deep soak. So you're pushing that water to the entire root zone, and then a little bit farther, so that it's reaching, it's it's going deeper for those roots. This is especially important for you folks out in that heavy clay area. So the Dewey, Humboldt, the uh, uh, Prescott Valley, Paulden, you guys have heavy clay soil. And it takes a while for that. If you're watering the whole soil band, the whole whole root zone, it's going to take a while for that water to evaporate, to dry out. The top can look dry, right. but then you, you go down an inch, even a half inch, and it's very moist. You can kill a peach tree, pitted fruits, plums, peaches, apricots, nectarines. Uh, they all like moist, but then they, they need to breathe. So if you're going to kill those varieties of plants, it'll be from overwatering. That's frequency. They, you, they, they never got a chance to dry out. So it's critical. I'd say no more, at least for the love of gardening, for the love of peach trees. Water only twice a week would be enough. Three is, is far too. That's every other day. It's going to drown. Yeah. It's not going to perform well. It's going to drop or shed its 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 fruits mm -hmm. as it gets too wet. And so I'd say, yeah, too much. I think you were fed a, a good line from good the professionals <laughs> at the garden center. Okay. So remember that. All right. Next question is from Alan in Prescott. Uh, he has, <clears throat> excuse me, a large clump of aspen trees. Yeah. That one of the trunks of the aspen trees did not put out leaves, but it's sitting up lots of shoots from the bottom. Okay. So he wants to know, is that aspen tree probably dead? And should what should he do with the shoots? Will they do anything? So, so and this is very common for aspens. This is how they grow wild out in the forest. It's kind of You'll just see some dead ones every once in a while. It's pretty common. Now, don't give up hope. Alan, don't go digging, cutting that thing down yet. <laughs> test it first. And the way you test a branch to see if it is alive or dead, you take your thumbnail or a pocket knife or something, scrape the bark off. If the bark, if the wood underneath that bark is green, that is alive, it will come out. It just got zapped by frost. Something happened where it was that one was stressed out and the others didn't. So it's, it's, it's crying about it. So it's late to leaf out. If it's brown underneath the bark or white, brown or white, 
that particular area or that branch is dead. And so if it's brown all the way down to the base, yeah, cut that off. And now that will free up your suckers, what we call them, the, the wild shoots coming up from the roots. They will just ignite with new growth. And by the end of the season, you'll never know that one of the branches kind of died back. But pretty common. We hear this pretty often, yeah. even with our own. Uh, I don't know why that happens. If, a, if an aspen tree gets stressed out at all. If it's a little bit cold in the winter, it loses a branch. When it's a little, I mean, gophers, who knows? Grubs could have gotten in there. Something happened where that branch got stressed and died over the winter and it's not coming back. But luckily, aspens are hard to kill because they come up, they come right back from the from the roots and start taking off, fertilize it, give it some 744 all-purpose plant food, and they will you'll get six feet of growth off that sucker. I mean, literally it'll go from, from a sprout to, oh my gosh, that thing's growing crazy. I am a gardener. <laughs> wow. So I think anyway. it would be a good idea for them to look for grubs, make sure they don't have gophers, something going on. Yeah. If you see mounds, I mean, the only way to really know it'd be a root thing mm -hmm. is to take a hand trowel and just dig beside the, the root ball. On the stressed outside, this goes for anything, not just this, not just Alan is aspen. Right. When you see a stressed out plant, take a hand trowel, dig down in there. If you see even one little white worm, you've got dozens, and that's a grub. So the larva stage of beetles are called grubs, and so when they colonize. They'll they'll literally eat. I've seen trees blow over in the wind because the grubs ate all the roots off. It could be that, and if you have it, you see that, come see us. There's a real easy grub killer. You sprinkle it on there, water it in, takes them all out like that. Mm -hmm. And one application lasts for a whole year. But I hate to just start sp spreading right. grub killers out there no, for, no, sure. yeah. But, but it's, it's worth checking. It's worth checking. Look <laughs> for pocket gophers. They like the taste of aspens. But yeah. that would be obvious. Alan would have said, I have gophers that killed one of my branches. He you didn't say that. Surprised. Some people no, just, they see something die. They, they don't really check out. The surrounding area to see what's oh. going on. So Gophers in the garden and see are underground going. rats. They all deserve to die. But that's coming from a southern boy. That's just what we did. So you don't want rats in the barn. You don't want them in the shed. You don't want them in the house. Okay. <laughs> Should we'll I go into on. my southern accent? No. <laughs> Let's move on to Sherry. She lives out in Chino. She's having um, issues with grasshoppers. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, she says in the past, she's always used Nolo bait, but she yeah. doesn't seem to be able to find it this year. Yeah. What are the other options out there for grasshoppers? Yeah. So Nolo bait, we've been selling that for decades. <clears throat> it's a great organic. It's also owned by a little family business and the business burned down. They're trying to recover, but they're a small company of a very specialized organic so it's just it's not going to be available in the marketplace and you people go oh, i'm going to find it online well good luck yeah. and you better make sure you check the the the, the expiration date yeah because <laughs> if it's over like 60 days old you don't want it you're getting last year's leftover stuff that's how you found it so really what we're doing is two things there's a spray you can you can put it into a hose and sprayer just spray off those weeds the back area where the grub where the uh, grasshoppers are Spray that and it'll become a barrier. It's called indoor outdoor insect spray. I mean, that's just that's it. It's very effective against grasshoppers, crickets, scorpions, blister beetles, but it's way safer than malathions, some of these nasty chemicals. So I would say spray that. The other one is we have a, a, 
a, a granular is called turf ranger. You sprinkle it out in the area where they are active. You water it in. And now as they cross that area, they pick it up. It's in the soil. It's living in the soil. They'll pick it up and it takes out scorpions, grasshoppers, blister beetles, anything that crawls on the ground, slugs, uh, pill, pill bugs, all that kind of stuff. So um, I would say turf ranger, if you want the long-term solution, spread it out, water it in. If you want just, uh, I want to watch them die and quiver before my eyes. And then indoor, outdoors, bug spray, basically. Or come and talk to us. Sherry, come in here and talk to us. Stop emailing and asking questions. We want to see you. Bring a dead grasshopper with you. We'll show you how to kill it. It's better to get them in the earlier stages oh, yeah. than when they get like dinosaur sized. Yeah. Wow. So grasshoppers are funny. They 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 have an exoskeleton. So their their shell is their skeleton. And so when they're small, they just shed that like a snake. They shed it and they have another one. They shed it. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, it takes a shotgun or like <laughs> like air to surface to air missiles to take them out. They're huge. And those folks out in Prescott Valley. They're so fat and chubby, they can't even fly. I mean, they're huge. I mean, I don't, you could barbecue them, feed the neighborhoods with one grasshopper. They're so ginormous. So there's a way to kill them. We can show you how to do that. Come see us. That's it for this segment. Can Elisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe bees and monarchs are in danger, and we can save them at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Tomatoes starting on the bond. Haven't picked one yet, but it's starting. It's my patio tomatoes. That's what you got to love about patio tomatoes. Tomatoes, they stay shorter. They produce heavy and sooner. And so I've got my first fruit. So probably another uh, two weeks, I'll be on the radio kind of going, it was so good. How was your tomatoes? How are they doing? So that's, that's good. My potatoes, 
I grow my potatoes in buckets. I've got two large squat 15 gallon containers. And I start them by just having my seed potatoes at the bottom. And I, as they elongate, as they grow up, as the vine starts growing, you want to backfill that vine. And the longer that vine is, the longer that, that potato top grows, the more potatoes you're going to have growing up and down that stem. So potatoes grow off of the potato vine. And that's why they always plant them in a trench. And then as they grow, they backfill them. And they finally end up on a mound. And so they've got a real deep, they'll have two, three feet of vine growing up with potatoes coming off of that. Okay, that, that's good. It, it's, it's harder to harvest when they're in the garden like that for me. This is what, this is what I do. So this, my name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence. And this is working for me. I think it's going to work in your gardens too. Potatoes are really easy in a basket or container or a or big plastic pot. That's what I do. Um, I just plant them at the bottom. And as they grow, I'm backfilling with potting soil. So I had to add quite a bit of extra soil around my potatoes this year, uh, this week, because they were just growing so fast. It's hard to keep up sometimes. If you blink, they start to, they just take over and then you missed it. And so you want to, as it grows, you backfill with soil and I'll go to the top of the pot and then I'll just let it go. Then the more foliage it has at the top of that mound or the top of that container, the top of that, the top of, the more foliage you have, the more sugar of creating photosynthesis, the more potatoes is going to create up and down that stem. And what you'll find is you harvest those. So I'll dump those out in oh, September, October, November, December, through, through the autumn. I'll let them just store there in the soil and I'll pick them as I want them. But I just dump that entire bucket out and I'll have 20. 30, 40 potatoes out of this one bucket. I mean, literally you'll have 50 pounds of potatoes sitting there uh, fresh from the gardens. And I'm not growing the basic, you know, russet potatoes. Okay, they're good. They're, they're really good fresh. Like my mouth just watered, I must be hungry. I'm growing the purple ones or the reds, the things that are harder to find that are just super sweet or very unusual. So I've got one bucket of red potatoes and one bucket of purple potatoes. And so I can't wait for them to produce this this late summer and fall. It's going to be exciting. That's one. Bring the grandkids over. Shouldn't just dump them out and go, look, guys, here's, here's, look, kids, here, here, look at all the potatoes. Whoop. You throw them out on a, on a tarp or, or on the patio and they're going, whoa, grandpa, you are the man. I can't believe it. So it's kind of fun. Anyway, it's, it's exciting. So we can teach the next generation to appreciate nature, outdoors, fresh air, gardening, fresh from simply by engaging them and including them and planning for them. So I actually plan some things. I grow potatoes and giant pumpkins just for the grandkids because well, I like, well, for me, mainly just for me, but then also it's an easy connect for them because if you can, hey kids, let's go pick a pumpkin and they, they get to pick a you know, 50, 60, 80 pound. It takes a wheelbarrow to get it up to the front door and show it off. That's awe-inspiring to a kid. Yeah, yeah, the grocery store is great with a little 10 pound pumpkin. But you get something that's five times the size by growing a giant pumpkin, that's a connection that you can have generationally with the kids. So uh, I, I'm called garden guy in our household and I've got a couple grandkids. They're, they're garden guy juniors. 
they just wherever whenever they're over visiting we go and we go garden and hang around and just look at butterflies we we pick things and try them out and um and just try them out it's fun it's great we'll pick blackberries until our face is just black our hands you are just dark it's got to drive their mother crazy <laughs> i will pick grapes until we are absolutely sick oh we just can't eat anymore the grapes actually started this week forming their little clusters so they've been elongating they've been throwing their foliage out all week it's finally warm enough so the grapes can now start to form their small clusters and so it's critical to get the watering right when they start doing that so when things start to flower or fruit they don't want to be they want to be consistent moisture so usually in the morning a deep soak two or three times a week for a grape is probably good and it will be happy you look at these great big clusters of red purple green grapes that are just so delicious things taste better straight from the garden that's it for this segment got uh, lisa waters coming back showing off her segment right after this Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe watching butterflies and hummingbirds is better than watching TV at Waters Garden Center. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. You can go off every once in a while, <laughs> but usually not on gardening. It's not on, on gardening. It's on business or, or some other, why are they doing that way? Uh, anyway, so that's, <laughs> we, we run at a high level, so yeah. we know what what the high level is. I, I can't brag about ourselves. We're always better no. quality, better, but we do have, we're noted for being really good at what we do. And so when you go to a place and you, they say they're that and they aren't, you kind of go, doggone it, they let me down. So doggone it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, so I, I ranted. To say I went off a rant a couple of days ago. And don't, don't, Ken hasn't don't call forgotten him out. it yet. Yeah, don't call him out. <laughs> Not going to. Yeah. I'm just saying you haven't forgotten. Anything. No. Gardening. Yeah. So what <clears throat> can folks learn, be inspired 
do in the gardens that uh, they can only come from you? Only from me. Well, I wanted to let you guys know we are getting some more. So a lot of people have been asking, where, where's the cactus? Where's oh, the agave? When right? are you guys getting those? And we always say, well, you know, they like to come when it's a little warmer. It's true. So we have them. So all you people who've been wanting the cactus and the agaves and that kind of the stuff. The hardy varieties, not some yes. cheesy phoenix thing that's going to live for the summer <laughs> and then die this winter. But these are hardy varieties for the yeah. mountains of Arizona. They're going to thrive for decades to come. Decades. Decades. I love it. I like it. <laughs> so the first ones I thought I would talk about. So... Most of the time, people don't think about growing the barrel cactus here. Okay. Um, but there are three that would actually probably do pretty well up here. They might need a little, like we have the red fishhook cactus. So I've got some of those coming in. So we grow it in a container, but we bring it up a little closer to the house in the wintertime, give it a little protection. Yeah. And it does really well. It's been years and years <laughs> and years. It's a classic saucer bowl container. Oh. That scream style and selection and it's actually blooming it is yeah it's, blooming it's kind of right fun now. it looks really pretty yeah and then the golden barrel cactus which a lot of people don't think they're again can't winter over we have a neighbor um a couple uh streets down streets down he put barrel cactus in i said no way not gonna live no way not gonna do it it looks beautiful yeah. now he's got it in a hot sunny spot right he's got rock around it so he's doing a little extra to give it that heat that it loves but I would say you could do it. Bright sun, reflective heat in a courtyard. <clears throat> that's where you have it. So for us, we we just to insurance. Mm -hmm. Our barrel cactus is stunning. It's big. It's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. expensive. I don't want to lose it. It's right. it's exotic. So we just I just bring it underneath the overhang at the front door. And that's where it hangs out all winter. And in April, I take it back out and it hangs out outside. Yeah. I don't have it on the irrigation. We just leave it there when we remember we, water, we water it. So cactus don't yeah. need to be on the irrigation system. You don't right. need to put some of these things on. Just throw it out there and think about watering it uh, a couple of times a month. Don't not a week, a month. Right. More than enough. So one of the other barrels I'm bringing in is called a long, um, long spine barrel. Huh. So it looked really cool. You know, so I think it's definitely one to try. Okay. Um, it's as hardy as the red fish hook that we have and the golden barrel. Okay. So I think it'd be a really nice one to try. Yeah. I mean, you folks on the east side, you know, the, the Jeromes, the, mm -hmm. the, the Sedonas, uh, the, 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 you've got reflective heat, you know, a, a courtyard where this, you've built a, a wall mm -hmm. and you've got heat coming in. Those are the places, those are the microclimates. Right where that sun warms it up really quick and it just keeps it toasty hot. Mm -hmm. That's where they're going to come back. And it's, it's the winter that will take them out or you simply overwatered them and they just exploded or right. rotted with water. Yeah. So we are getting some claret cup. For oh, the fun. So that is definitely one. I mean, those are just native. Yeah. Here. You find them everywhere up on the mountains and, Whenever I go hiking, I'm always running into them. They've yeah. been blooming. They actually look gorgeous right now. So definitely a great one for those yards. That's one, too, you should warn people. So you can go to jail oh, if you go for to harvesting jail. cactus yeah. out in the wild. I mean, if you're doing it, don't get caught because <laughs> uh, they're getting it heavily fines. It's a no-no. So and we even have to have them, if you harvest them from a ranch, you have to have them specially tagged. There's, you can do it, but there's special hoops you have to jump through. 
the Department of Agriculture right. and that kind of stuff. So just be careful. I know seeing me go and harvest those um, clear cup. Can't just just don't don't be don't have anyone see you do that. So anyway, just don't do it. Or don't we have come get them. Out. You can buy them for fifty <laughs> bucks and have your own. Don't have to worry about it. That's right. <laughs> um, so we're getting some different prickly pears. We already have the Santa Rita, which is the small. Um, has a smaller ear paddle yeah. to it, kind of a purple color. So we have the Santa Rita and the Baby Rita. So we have both of those already in stock. We're also getting the Engelmans, which is the true native yeah. for here. That's a true <laughs> prickly pear. Right. Harvest the fruits, make jams and jellies. There you go. I used to do that as a kid. A lot of fun. We're also getting the uh, blind prickly pear. No, that don't sounds, ask me does it have glasses? <laughs> does it have a white cane? I'm like, why do they call it blind? I don't know. Just what they call it. <laughs> so, again, it sounds like an insult to <laughs> And also one called the chenille. Oh, I don't know so, that one. Interesting. Um, should all be nice and hearty for oh, yeah. here and do quite well. That's exciting. So what's the I always say it wrong. What? The botanical for prickly pear. Uh um, Apuntia. A, apuntia. Okay. Yeah. Or always... opuntia. Or apuntia. It's opuntia. Just call it prickly pear. I mean, come on, let's just make it easy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so some of the agaves we're getting in. Agaves are another one that there are so many varieties. Yeah. And let me tell you, not all of them are winter hardy. That's true. Yeah. yeah, very much. Very much so. So we're getting Queen Victoria. We are also getting the shark skin, which That's is actually fun. really cool because yeah. it has like that pattern yeah. on it. We're getting shark tooth. Uh, I don't know that one, but it's got to be the <laughs> same thing. Come on. It's about the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we're getting one called white ice, which yeah. is really pity because it has the, oh, I don't know what it's called, spine, yeah. leaf, whatever. It has a white outline. On oh, it. it's variegated. That's yeah. kind of neat. So that's really cool. And then we're getting one called dragon toes. This Don't one I can't one. remember. We brought a couple in that we knew were going to be more indoor varieties, but you definitely enjoy them outside right now. Yeah. Put them in a container and then bring them in in the wintertime and just treat them like a house plant. Sure. Yeah, that's great. We do that with a lot of things. So why not an agave? Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks want to grow the uh, blue agave, which yeah. is the great big one you see down in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. It don't winter up here. Trust me. I've tried a couple times. Of course, that's me you can try it yourself, but you're not going to buy it from me and then have it die on my watch. Just kind of, I'm trying to sell things that I know will grow here that we've proven ourselves and tried it. So uh, another name for agave is century plant because they all that entire family of plants puts on this huge flower stalk. It grows taller than you and I, just this beautiful flower, great pollinator uh, about every century is the myth not really every few years it just depends but if i guess if left by themselves once every century it'll bloom thus century plant or century agave it just feels like a century too. yeah maybe just feels like a century basically <laughs> that's why garden trivia plant trivia there we go so i was talking to a customer they had one that's putting off its big stock yeah you know they start and they grow like what feet a day yeah you can watch them anyways they're watching it they're watching it came out one morning it was gone oh what happened <laughs> they think a pack rat really i mean it was just like oh gone. you could see where it'd been 
cut. Well, pack rats can do cut, that. Yeah. Porcupines possibly mm, yeah. can. I've never heard of them eating that gobby, but <laughs> they do things like that. Yeah. Oh, javelina? No, they don't do that. Oh. Yeah. Really, those I'm telling you, you all know. rats should die. <laughs> Underground rats called pack rats, above ground rats, which are called rats, pack rats, they should all be gone. So that's but, all we got for this oh, okay. segment. So thank Sounds you, Lisa, good. for the uh the hardy agaves and hardy cacti yes. are here and ready to plant at Waters Garden Center. Be right back after this. Can Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners? Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New pink blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe plants make you happier and that local nurseries rock. At Waters Garden Center, you can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. there and the neighbors are watching you enjoy your backyard now is a great time to plant it's like peak time to put in a new privacy screen a new spruce a pine a juniper a cypress cedar there's a lot of them we can show you what they are just just, just to let you know now is a great time to plant a tree it's a really good time if the sun is just beating down on you and you're going, man, I just need a little more shade right here. This is a tremendous time. Plant a new aspen or maple or locust. There's this golden, beautiful golden tree. It's golden locust. Now is a just the best time. I mean, it is absolutely peak, perfect timing to plant a tree. Because they're actively growing. When they're actively putting on their foliage, they're actively rooting. So you get more root. Uh, underneath that tree. This is really important for evergreens. Evergreens, there's, you know, the first year they kind of root, the next year they take off. So it's like year two, they really take off. If you want growth, you're going to set the stage for, you know, this tree is going to double by next, this time next spring, you need to get it in the ground now because the roots need to get underneath it. Then it will, it will, it'll just kind of 
get ready to push that new candle growth, that new, like they're starting to elongate right now. So these are pine, spruce, fir. They, they, they grow once in the spring. And after that, they're done. So you need to get the roots underneath them now so that you can set the stage for that new growth. Another great thing, uh, uh, garden centers have brought in their evergreens right now. So the selection is tremendous. You've got a lot to choose from. And they're priced as though they were a foot shorter because we bring them in so they can acclimate and they will wake up on our natural cycle. So you put them in now and they just, they instantly grow an extra eight, nine, 10 inches. All of a sudden you paid for that shorter size and you get a big, you get more plant because it's growing. So it's a perfect, so it's growing more, it's more economical. You get more roots. It's just, it's a perfect time. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. A great time to put a new shade tree, privacy screens, big shrubs. So the, uh, the, the, some of the prettiest shrubs of the season are now. So the crepe myrtles came in. This is a bright, bright summer shrub. Crepe myrtles get up to easily head height, even, even taller. They're, they're about the same size as a lilac. So you've seen lilacs blooming all around town. town. They're, they're starting to finish up. There's still some blooms. Uh, they've had this wonderful fragrance for the last month, six weeks. Well, then they turn into, when they're done blooming, they just have this very handsome, well-rounded, easy-to-groom tree, a shrub. So it's like a, it's maybe a, an eight, nine-foot big shrub is what, a, what a, a lilac is. Well, a crepe myrtle will turn into the same thing. It, only it gets you a, a, a bloom cycle that's after. It's like six weeks after a lilac. So you start with forsythia. Actually, you start with quince then the forsythia bloom, then the lilacs, then the, the, the roses, and then the crepe myrtles, and the smoke bush. You can design color to always be rotating through your yard. And that's what a good designer can do. They're thinking through all the seasons. So something interesting is out there in the yard all the time. So they don't just go all evergreens because evergreens don't bloom that well. There's a couple that sort of try, but nah. It's, it's, it's the deciduous shrubs. And the ones of summer are some of the brightest. Crepe myrtle. They are literally, they glow in the dark. I mean, just they're so bright. They're some of the brightest colors from any shrub that's out there. I mean, butterfly bush is pretty. It does attract the butterflies, but it does not compare as far as color goes to crepe myrtle. Uh, there's a, a hibiscus that grows here. It's called Rose of Sharon. Now, now the hibiscus that grows down in Phoenix or the desert, or let's say a tropical, let's Hawaii, those areas, that great big, you know, 10, 12 inch across flower, that one does not grow here, okay? It, it's, it's an annual, that is the winter will kill it off. Rose of Sharon has a, it's a pretty, it's a classic hibiscus kind of flower, uh, but they're smaller, but it has way more of them. It has, it'll have, instead of onesie, twosie flowers that are big, it'll have three dozen flowers that are smaller, about the size of a baseball. So they're just stunning. And you, it's a summer bloomer. Beautiful blues, whites, pinks, double flowers, double ruffle, singles. It, it's just a great plant for here. And it takes our wind and our sun. It's just, it's a good plant. Treat it like a tree. Don't, don't pamper it like a flower. Put it out there, put it on the same drip line as your, your pine trees and your aspens and your your maples and and a a rose of Sharon will be just giddy about that. They want a deep soak, 
once a week. That, that just makes them so happy. So another one that's sort of like that, a companion plant is called smokebush. This is a kind of an unusual plant that's unique to us. So if you're from the Midwest or places in California, you've probably never heard of smokebush. But here it is famous because it's so drought hardy. The animals don't bother. It takes the wind. It's just a tough little plant. It's actually a tough, big plant. It gets, again, a companion with lilacs, crepe myrtles, rosa sharons, smokebush. This is a very large bush or a short tree is what it gets. Usually multi-stemmed. It's not a single tree. Usually it's multi-stemmed. So it's like a big shrub. And it gets up easily head height. You can maybe keep it down that low, but it'll naturally go to 8, 9, 10 feet naturally. But here's why they call it smokebush. And so it has this real pretty kind of dollar size, silver dollar size foliage. Typically they're purple, like a deep rich royal purple, but it also comes in green. And I've got a chartreuse variety, so this bright yellow. So depending on what your rock or your surrounding is, the color you're trimming your house, we can fit the variety that's right there, but it'll take that full sun, like south exposure off a radiant wall. It'll like that. It'll, it'll thrive with that. Its claim to fame is in the summer, the flowers look like the plant is on fire. It looks like smoke is rising up on top. So the entire top of this bush will have smoky kind of flowers coming up. It looks very late, wispy, going, oh, very, it's very contradictory, very different than the foliage. It's about the same color, but, but lighter and wispier. So it looks like it's on fire. Literally, it looks like it's smoking. Thus the name smoke bush. It's a great plant. Another one that just started coming in, it's not quite in bloom yet, but it's heavily budded, starting to bud very nicely, is chaste tree. This is a companion plant to smokebush. If you need some bigger shrubs, bigger things out there to kind of give you, make it feel like it's got some, some plants in it, not just two-dimensional rock, boulder, you know, three shrubs. It's just not enough. You need some height. You need to, you need some varying height, different colors coming on, different flower uh, timing. You need some of that, and that's what makes for a great design in a four-season climate. But chaste tree is a tremendous one. This is a pollinator extraordinaire. You will find bumblebees all over this, butterflies, hummingbirds will roost in it. it they just love this plant and super drought hardy. A chaste tree, so C-H-A-S-T-E, chaste, chaste tree. The, the rumor is that the monks back in the dark ages, whatever, uh, when you got a little frisky, you drink some, some, some chaste tea leaves, make some tea out of it, and kind of take the urges away. So chaste, that's the name, chaste tree. So I'm chasing. Anyway, too much plant trivia. There we go. <laughs> I could go on and on. Uh, anyway, chaste tree, it's a great drought-hardy plant, whether you're making tea out of it or not. It's just a pretty plant. And the whole top of this plant is covered in blue flowers, kind of like the color of of, of a lilac. It's a different shape. It's got long pinnacles to it. It has more flowers than a lilac does, and it blooms in summer. So it's a companion plant with the, the crepe myrtles, rosa sharons, roses are in that same palette. Uh, uh, anyway, on and on and on I go. Like We've got a whole, all the summer plants are coming in right now, and this is the time when you put them in the ground. It's finally warm enough where they're happy. They're budding out. They're leafing out. They look good. So if your plants look a little rough out there, 
maybe it's time to replace one with a nice looking one that's going to bloom for the next through the end of the year. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters' companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in one year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe searching Waters plants is better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Star Potentia. A rising star in the landscape, bathed in flowers as gold as an Arizona sunset. Growing to only knee high and wide, this shrub loves growing in our sun and uniquely resistant to heat, wind, water, fire, and deer, all wrapped up in a showy little package and under 30 bucks. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love gold stars wrapped in tidy little packages, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Some had me graciously had me back out again talking about how to grow things out in that Williamson Valley at, at the, out of the base of Granite, Granite Basin Lake or Granite, Granite Mountain. It's windy. There's the soil is like questionable there's like some soil and then there's hard rock underneath it how do you grow things and then the animals are thick so you all were awesome i i come back anytime great i encourage them so this this group so for you folks out in those gulf you know subdivisions where you've got a, a gathering a rally place i would encourage you come out buy tickets to Dancing for the Stars. It's a hoot. So get get a group, get a pod of seats together and drive in. Have, take the party bus. Bring it into town. It'll be at Yavapai College, August 25th and 26th. I encourage them, come to the VIP Saturday. This is, the tickets are a little more expensive. But man, it is red carpet. It is Hollywood. We're talking full-on tuxedos. You're mingling with the dancers you get to hear what they're what the shit, what the the dance performance is going to be. It is a hoot. And then Barry Barbie is he's, he's Barry is is going to make he's the uh, uh, chef for uh, Elgato Azul, Tormes. I mean, just a lot all the bigger, nicer restaurants. He's he's graciously going to cook a meal, pair it with wines for that event for the VIP, not for the Friday night. That's just for the VIP night. They're they're. 250 bucks it's gonna be and it's formal wear and we're getting your picture and that's like a who's who of the community it's fun communities like american ranch or talking rock or inscription or prescott lakes get your friends and come 
as a group. So plus there's a secret uh, um, reason I'm asking her, suggesting that. So they might have, they're saying that the dancer that has the most, the best entourage, groupies basically, that come and cheer and hoot and holler for their dancer, there's a special prize just for just for that. So they're making it, they're making this super fun. So right now I did pick my song. I'm not ready to share it yet. I can say that Jennifer Lopez is my musician. She's my she's my singer. So we're doing a J-Lo song. There we go. And and uh, Pitbull. There you go. For you folks, you kind of you music folks, you put it all together. Okay, what are what are things that they, they've kind of sung together? It's an 11 year old song. It's been out. It's got 2.8 billion downloads. It's crazy. So it's popular. So we'll be dancing to that. So that'll be on stage. There's going to be shopping carts full of plants. There's going to be twirling. I've got backflips incorporated. There's there's a laser light show all while dancing on the performance on on the Empire College uh, 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 <laughs> stage. It's gonna be a spectacle i'm telling you should be fun come out as a group uh the so i did have uh another group i spoke to granite gates that's a assisted living of course i went out there and they've got a lot of patios or decks or or they've got once a gardener always a gardener and i shared how to have better flowers that attract butterflies and hummingbirds right out your back patio door so shared container gardens, mainly is what that is, what we shared out there because uh, Lisa's mom, Lorna Waters, shout out to you. She's uh, She is living out there. And so uh, we just wanted to support them and their community and, and, and make mom proud, basically. So that's it for this show. Appreciate it. Thank, thanks for all you all do. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show there. And so uh, we just wanted to support them and their community and, and, and make mom proud basically. So that's it for this show. Appreciate it. Thank, thanks for all you all do throughout the week. Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.